lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and it is a very special day today. Obviously, we're nearing the end of the year, and we are nearing the end of the QWI festivities as well, uh, which means that it's time to talk about the QWI 200. Obviously, today, the final bit of the list, the top 20, came out, and we obviously need to talk about it a little bit more, and I'm very happy to welcome back returning guests, uh, Lo McGrath and Poyo Del Mar, to talk about the list on the show today to uh, awesome queer columnists for Perusing Illustrated, uh, as well as friends of the show. And uh, we we got to sit down and kind of discuss all of our feelings around the list in, in great detail. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it was just a really fun conversation to kind of cap off this week plus that was originally meant to be just a week of the QWI 200. Um, yeah, so obviously if you have read the list, because it is out before this podcast will go live, uh, you already know who the number one for this year is congratulations to the always a champion in my mind uh ac mac for being number one this year and congratulations to all 200 top 20 all of the numbers uh people that were on the list as well as the people that were not on the list you know i've, I've said it multiple times and in, in the in the, <laughs> the the conversation today i say it again i had to, had to evaluate more than 400 people this year. And it was an amazing experience just to see how many people uh, were there and on such a high caliber for most or all of this year. And uh, I'm excited to do this all over again next year. Uh, I know it's a it's a long, lengthy, and intensive process for, for me to put this list and, and all of the entries and all of the writing together. Uh, it, it's a it's a long piece of work, but I thoroughly enjoy doing it, especially uh, whenever I get done with it and then get to talk about it with with friends. So uh, with that being said, let's jump right into my conversation with Boyle Delmar and Lo McGrath all about the 2022. QWI 200. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. It is a very special day today on the podcast because we are talking about the QWI 200. Obviously, today the top 20 has dropped. We know who number one is, and we will get to that in just a second, along with a number of discussions about the list itself. Uh, but here to do that with me today, last year we had an array of people from the PWI family. This year we're keeping it in the community, though. From PWI, two great queer columnists. Among other things in the pro wrestling world, we have the co-queer mander-in-chief, the, the person behind Palm House Pro Wrestling, as well as work with Fight Club Pro Wrestling, Butch versus Gore, which now has turned into pro wrestling vibe, bringing us up back to DC Brow. Lo McGrath, welcome to back to LGBT in the ring. Thank you very much. <laughs> and of course, the manager of champions, the reigning 2021 outs as voted by the fans of this podcast and Outsports Personality of the Year for the QWI, 
uh, as well as someone who actually you you all you were in contention this year because you did wrestle some matches as well, Miss Pollo. Pollo Del Mar, welcome back to the show. It's always fun to join you, especially at this time of year. It's Pollo Del Mar, the manager of champions, the champion of managers, your QWI award-winning pro wrestling personality of the year for 2021, as voted by listeners to this podcast and readers of outsports.com. The one and only I I'm glad to be here. I obviously must have been ranked number 201 with my three phenomenal outings. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I will say I did review your, your material as well as more than 400 other people <laughs> for this list. So, you know, like I will, you have the right to call yourself 201 just, just as much as anybody else that wasn't on, on the 200. So I will, you can take that for yourself. <laughs> I, I've already co-opted it. Hello, I've there got go. shirts coming out saying number 201. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, I'm, I'm very happy to have y'all on the show and to talk about this list in particular. Um, this is probably... I thought last year was an undertaking. This one obviously was much larger. Um, I guess we could just go ahead and, and and start off talking about the top 10 a little bit here. Or or rather, you know what? We'll hold that for just a second. Um, first off, congratulations to AC Mac. AC Mac, the QWI 200, number one for 2022. History-making title win. Um, amazing, outstanding talent. Put an entire region on his back with the Southeast first movement this year, just amazing stuff there. I am curious to get y'all's initial thoughts as y'all have seen the full list and we're recording this before Thursday, obviously. So y'all have seen the full list ahead of everyone else. What were your, um, any like first takeaways from, from seeing the list itself? Actually, before we get into any opinions, I wanted to ask you something, Brian, just because um, I know that a lot of listeners, you know, so many queer people are not new to wrestling, but so many queer people are. Um, what is the QWI? Like, how did and how did you do it? Because I know that there's a different process for PWI's women's rankings, for their tag teams, and for their 500. Um, so if we can rewind a little bit, just so we all know exactly how you made this happen. Yeah, sure. Because you have so, to watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> I, I mean, I watch a lot of wrestling throughout the year anyway, so I, mm-hmm. a lot of the work is done. A lot of the work is done previous to starting to write this. But, yeah, so I evaluated more than 400 queer wrestlers because we are at that point now where we have more than 400 people, close to 500 at this point, um, from all over the world. And the criteria for the list is mainly, you know, uh, it's very it's kind of similar to the PWI criteria a little bit you know title wins notable wins over over different opponents a variety of promotions the um like kind of uh prestige of promotions that you work for how often you've wrestled like if you missed any time that that can be a ding even though it, it's not necessarily in your control and then mm-hmm. i also bring into uh into play cultural impact um, outside of the ring impact as well um, whenever it comes to rankings there so like I don't know I feel like in terms of what I want the list to represent um, you can't talk about wrestling in regards to this community without talking about the cultural impact that the people within it are bringing and, re- and how they're reshaping mm-hmm. the wrestling world um, and you know with the advanced number of people to evaluate this year there was obviously obviously a lot of movement 
compared to last year, a lot of people like that were on the list last year were not on it this year. There were a lot of people that dropped a, a, a little bit or a decent amount. Some people moved up a lot. So like it mm -hmm. was it was a vastly different this year also just because of the size of the talent pool. Like last year I was, I think when we, Polio, whatever we talked with uh, with Kevin and, and the crew last year, like I was looking at roughly 240 people. Uh, mm -hmm. And I added more than 200 people that I had to keep tabs on this year. So Ooh. it was, it was an undertaking, but yeah, like that, that's the criteria for the list and, and how um, people are, are ranked in that, in that way. Hell yeah. Cool. One Thank you for all that. Of course. The one thing that I thought was, um, you know, before even going into the top, the upper echelon of this listing, I, I certainly noted that there were many new names that I had not seen on this. There were names that were previously on it that were missing this year. And mm -hmm. what that spoke to for me was how broad the reach of our community is becoming and how expansive our presence in the world of professional wrestling is. It's not just a simple situation where we would have um, probably encountered even just a few years ago where even finding 200 out people would be a challenge, right? And mm -hmm. now we're looking at situations where people are being much more free in their either identification process or the the level of comfort that they have to make that public. And I think that that speaks to uh, like the growth of where our community is going in terms of broader acceptance in the world of professional wrestling and in, in the world. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's something else just to back up your point um, because so a lot of names did disappear and 400 people is a lot more to look at than last year. Um, I think that we've finally started to reach a, a breaking point or a paradigm shift, if you will. And I talk about this a lot with Billy when we talk about building your roster. Um, we've, we're, we're transcending just representation now, right? Like you have to represent, but now you got to be good too. Like it's so much harder to book these queer centric shows than it was a couple of years ago. There are so many poor people to look at. There's so many, like, there's a lot more politics involved, which is why I think uh, list season is very exciting too, from sort of a, uh, you know, I'll waggle my eyebrows, but a dramatic standpoint. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's you, the, the cultural impact I'm really glad gets taken into account when this is built as well, because uh, Brian, I'll, I'll back you up there too. I, there's, there's really no way to divorce that from, from what you're doing when you build this list. So yeah. One of no, the things, 100%. sorry, go oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. But something that was said there is something I've echoed in, in past conversations about this. And when we look now at the world of queer wrestling, there was a time and a place that if they were going to, you know, we were all fighting for a very few slots. But if there was a small company somewhere or a promotion somewhere that wanted to, show the courage to even dive into that kind of a storytelling or a allow people to be open. The only real criteria that you needed from in many parts was just to identify, right? And now yeah. it is not that simple. And I had a conversation um, privately with some friends and, and publicly on some levels and without naming any names, but there are individuals who are 
um, very frustrated, openly frustrated that they're not getting opportunities that other people are getting. Mm -hmm. And I have expressed that our community now is so broad in the way that we represent, meaning physically, in terms of like gimmickry, you know, the gimmicks that we can put out there, the stories that we can tell, the in-ring capabilities, that now if you are simply somewhere on the spectrum, it does not even guarantee you an invitation to the party because you get to be judged. And this is such a beautiful thing. You get to be judged on the same skills and everything else that the broader populace would be judged on. You know, mm -hmm. we need you to be able to work at the top levels because we want to put on shows that are top notch and we are able to do that now. And I love that we are able to do that because our talent pool, our peers, our colleagues are immensely talented. And that's one of the things I love about our community. We're immensely talented and immensely diverse. So we have something of everything and something for everyone, but there are people who also perform at the top level. No, a hundred percent. And, and I, I feel like to both of y'all's points, like we really are at that, that reflection point where like representation is still a huge thing, obviously, especially as we see like certain communities within the LGBTQ community, not at the same level of representation, even though it is growing, like you, there are multiple trans masks wrestlers on the list this year. You know, there are, um, there's, there is, uh, asexual representation out there unfortunately i don't i to my knowledge no one on that spectrum made the list this year um Reza clark down in texas is like the main person that i'm aware of and get well Reza. i want to see you back in the ring uh she's awesome but we still have a ways to go in terms of like getting every every part of the community to the party but at the same time the mission of of parody in a way for lack of a better term in terms of like being recognized for skill over identity or skill over over um your your orientation or anything like that that is it's here i was gonna say it's closer but no it's here a hundred percent no i do think that one of the problems and lo do you uh, you may agree with this is coming from the opposite side of somebody who tries to put together shows. I think that one of the challenges that we will face going forward in terms of that broad scale representation is that th this is just my experience as a person within the community. Um, our, our levels of identification are becoming more and more and more specific. Um, mm -hmm. And so people begin to look for these ex very explicitly um, specific identifiers i think to feel represented versus before if we just saw somebody you know in my case if i saw somebody who even remotely acted feminine uh 25 years ago i was like oh my god i identify you know like um, yeah. now people are like you know are you comma 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 and and i i think as we begin to or continue rather to explore self-identification and the way people want to um sort of uh, put those identifiers on themselves that it, it can become a little more challenging than just when there were far fewer cat are you l are you g are you b or are you t you know what i mean mm -hmm. um yeah so like 
Ooh, yeah. Let's get controversial, right? Um, so, you know, I'm, lo I'm looking through the list. I'm looking through the list. And just to harken back to uh, Brian's discussion about including cultural impact in here and how broad so many definitions are getting, which is so great in so many ways. But when we do talk about representation, how we you're kind of forced to categorize people, right? Like it quite literally forces you to do that. Um, so, you know, I'll joke, I'm scanning and I'm like, is Kenny Omega gonna show up on this? God damn anywhere? it, God damn it, Lo. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell, real, I will, I will get back to your point real quick, but let me tell you, if I swear to God, if anybody gets in my mentions asking why Kenny Omega is not ranked on this list, I am, I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you. That's just the way it's gonna go. It happened last year. It happened with the 100 that wasn't ranked the year before. Every mm -hmm. year someone tries to get in there and ask why why aren't kenny and coda in this i'm like no one has come out between the two of them i'm not going to assume anybody's identity here shut up please and well, what i but what i what i love about this yeah what i what i love about this list is again representation is not enough what are you doing with that representation everybody who is on this list is using it in some sort of way right like if you could have placed number 10, but your, your coming out has not come with a side of advocating for the people who are standing behind you who need the push to the front, um, then that, that, that's, that's a whole thing. There, there are so many debates about whether or not we are owed people coming out or not. And I don't wanna get into that discourse because I have pretty strong opinions about it um, that make people very upset at me sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, I do think that like being out is something that's very, very important in our community still right now. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm kind of kind of losing my my point that I was trying to make here. But yeah, it, it can't just be representation anymore. There is so much more that has to do with it. And if you're gonna come out and you want a seat at this table, that's fucking awesome. But it's a potluck. You have to bring something too, right? Like it's it's not enough to just, in my opinion, again, to just all right, I'm a member of this community are you a member of this community? Like it's, it's something we can talk about within the context of this list, but in the greater queer world as well, right? And I see, I see some nods. <laughs> I, I, and that is something that my friends and I um, have conversations about, and it is controversial because, you know, can we mandate, right? Can we mandate that somebody um, does what we think we should they should rather with their sexuality or their identification. And mm -hmm. no, of course, of course not. And I think that people's decisions on how involved to be or how participatory they are is to their own discretion. But when it comes to a scenario like this, where basically you are in many ways rewarding somebody for not just being LGBTQ, but having cultural impact by allowing your, um, your identity to in many ways, whether overtly or covertly be politicized, because I am, when I go on to NWA television in all my regalia, uh, my identity is politicized. The, the public mm -hmm. politicizes my identity. I'm just there doing my wrestling thing, but the very nature that I exist for some people is political. And there are all of these people, and I, I if somebody's listening to this and gets like feels personally attacked that I'm, I'm not mentioning any names, so you probably need to uh, examine something. But I know far too many people. <laughs> I know far too many people who are very willing to identify as some part of a spectrum when it comes 
time, you know, for those Pride Month bookings or what have you, but I see nothing from them that otherwise represents them as part of. It's like a once a year thing and then it goes back into wherever they want to put it. Like, I mean, I could equate it to like, I, pr I pull my Christmas tree out it, uh, at the day after Thanksgiving, but it goes back in the closet. It's not like I'm like, I'm a Christmas lover year round. You know what I mean? Like, and I think some people are like that with their sexuality too. Like it's something that we, I'll talk about maybe with my friends or whatever and roll it out when it's beneficial. But if it's not beneficial, shh. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to wear, like secretly wear my sexuality or my identity ever, never, ever. I think um, we probably find this kinship in discussing it though, because uh, drag has a connection in nightlife. My background is nightlife. We know what it means to be part of a physical community that, you know, it's it's been really hard over the past couple of years to be so online and not be able to be in person as often as we'd want to in the first place. Uh, but it, it is the importance of coming out and having community, right? Like it's a totally different experience versus an, an experience where you don't have that camaraderie all around you and people who speak the same language that you do, right? Uh, yeah. I think that what you're talking about, the, the term community is so specific and I love it because this is um, my, this is my experience. It's not an opinion, it's my experience. And that is that by being very open and very public about who I am, it attracts people to that, right? Because they feel comfort mm -hmm. in that because there's authenticity. And I think that that's something that we're looking at with this list too, that when people are open and authentic, authentic at all times people gravitate to them and then a community springs up around them versus people who are maybe like a kenny omega who we speculate or they played to our community in the past very publicly and but nobody gravitates towards that person because of that factor yeah, and, and I will admit that you know I've definitely spoken with a number of fans and 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 people that that you know post online about stuff that that have that are part of of the queer community that have like drawn inspiration from like the Golden Lovers or from Kenny and Coda, but at the same time like it's it's not it's not fair to them to put that onto them and also like. I hope, I hope that that is like a gateway to seeing the wider community that is actually like out and public about it and putting themselves out there for the wrestling community to um, respond to and building their own names uh, in, in the ways that they are. Well, how angry would any of us have been if, you know, this list was being done in 1995 and gold dust was the number one? Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it's a situation like that. And do I think that Kenny and Coda are, of course I do. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but I don't want him on our list necessarily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's on so, him. So now, and even so that, now we're just... on our list. like give it somebody else an opportunity for God's sake. You're like, you know, you're PWI number one. Leave us alone. Let us have our thing. <laughs> I love that we've, we're all here to discuss this list. We haven't named a single name. We've just been like no. shooting on the list the whole time, though. So, <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, that's a good segue. Let's talk about the top 10 real quick. Um, and then we can get into some other names. I'm curious to hear about names that stood out to y'all from the wider list as well. Because um, I know last year, Poyo, you had, you had some hot takes on me a little bit about about some of the rankings so i'm curious to hear but top 10 uh, starting at number 10 going down the line uh, of course trisha dora 
at number 10, Max the Impaler, number nine, Tita, number eight, uh, Anthony Bowens, number seven, uh, Edith Surreal, number six, Vinny or Asuka, however you know her as uh, number five, Speedball Mike Bailey, number four, Effie, three, Dark Sheik, number two, and AC Mack, number one. Um, I'm curious to get both your thoughts. I'll throw it to, to Lowe first for this one. I think, uh, I, I mean, AC Mack is, in my opinion, just kind of, it's, you can't dispute that, right? Like, he had such a, he's had such an amazing career thus far, too. You know, it's not like this year was necessarily his year. When he started showing up, when I booked him at a DC Brow back in April, he already had, you know, the, the medal to break back everything up. He didn't just need that IWTV belt. Um, incredible athlete. Like he, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, he's, it's hard for me to talk specifically about him too, I think, because he's so well-rounded as well. Um, his work on the microphone, flawless. His work as a wrestler, flawless. The way that he conducts himself outside the ring, I think is also just airtight and really awesome. Um, this is a, I think a community that gets dragged into a lot of hot takes and discourse and drama fairly often. And I have, I'm, I've always been impressed how his name has never popped up anywhere, right? Like <laughs> he, uh, yeah. he, he just conducts himself like he is at the top of his game because he is at the top of his game. So I love to see it. I really do. For me, Brian, you were talking about last year. I, you know, I, I had hot takes and I was like shooting on your decision. <laughs> I felt last year was a situation where we had a lot of options. Not that we didn't have options this year, but I felt like last year's criteria, as we discussed last year, if you base it on one thing, it goes one direction. If you base it on something else, it goes a different direction. I felt like, in in my opinion, AC Mac was such a um, clear cut, obvious, kind of not necessarily obvious, but definitely there's no question that becoming the first out world champion puts you at that role. Um, mm -hmm. And then it becomes a scenario maybe where the few that follow after that become real discussion makers. I think that the only person on this list that I could have seen as being considered for number one, possibly, if not AC Mack, would have probably been Speedball Bailey because Mike has had just a year that would make anyone envious, like literally anyone envious. Yeah, like I, I will say this, like writing his entry and, and pe people that have read it this morning or whenever you get to it today, just try and cram his year into two paragraphs. Just try it. It has been, he has been, just all over the world he's wrestled he probably i think looking at the count he's wrestled in the most matches of anyone on this list at right, mm -hmm. like right around 150 which is mind-boggling um but as well as his uh, his ability in the ring and how busy he is he has kept he's also been a, a vocal uh advocate in in many different ways as well like i think the the video that he put out where he interviewed wrestlers about intergender wrestling was one of the best things that, that a wrestlers put out on, on YouTube this year. And just to see so many people just be like, yeah, this is dumb shit, which is the same thing we've been saying for years at this point that, that gender shouldn't factor into how we 
divide pro wrestling and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I, I will I will say that Dark Sheik also did make a, a, a really heavy argument for me this year. And, and Effie, because Effie always does. I feel like Effie is just like a, a constant in, in, in a lot of ways. But Dark Sheik really there's something about the way that she continues to resonate with GCW crowds, like her popularity there continue like it it's almost it almost rivals effie at this point not just for like the queer people in gcw but just like stars in gcw and then you factor in everything that, that she's done with hood slam and their resurgence this year um as well as like work with other major independents like prestige out here on the west coast and you know what she did at, at pride and vibe weekend winning the the paris pumping grand prize trophy and competing in that historic main event at Paris is bumping as well. Like there was a lot on, on her resume that, that she could have easily made number one on this list as well. I do not disagree with that at all. Um, you know, the, the reason for me, Mike Bailey having the opportunity to, to finally come into the United States and start to compete um, just opened such a floodgate of opportunities for people to see how amazingly talented of an individual Mike is. And I, I just think back to when we were all in Dallas early this year for the collective weekend over WrestleMania weekend, it, it was something like Mike probably had eight of the top 10, like, you know, most acclaimed matches of a four day period. Like who can do that? You know what I mean? Against this like crazy diverse type of talent roster that he was facing. So, um, it's a situation where, like I said, to me, AC Mack, pretty clear because of that monumental victory. But there are other great options, and it's not to diminish anybody, whether it's Sheik or Mack or Effie. Obviously, Effie is such a consistent that most people would think, you know, it's an obvious given for him. But great talent pool. Um, I think I, I've, after hearing everybody talk and just mulling it over, I finally figured out at his core why I think he is the perfect number one. Um, because we're talking right now about, we're talking about Dark Sheik, we're talking about Effie, Mike Bailey, um, Oscar, who have been incredibly well-traveled, right? So a presence on all coasts and everything in between, globe trotting in many instances. Um, it was the beginning of AC Mack's title reign, I think, where he got into this very old school sort of territory talk and talked about how everything in, in, in Georgia, his local promotions, that they deserved more attention, that that part of the country was more deserving of attention. And it felt it's, and, and looking at his accomplishments from this year, apart from just that, that title belt, um, it's incredible he's been able to make such an impact in what is arguably a much smaller space, right? So I think it speaks to what a powerhouse he is that without having to endear himself all over the place, which is important, right? That's an incredible skill set to have. You should have it. Um, but no, for him to do something a little bit different and keeping it slightly more local, I think uh, was a pretty obvious benefit in the end there. So I hope that in 2023, we start to see him in more places though. I hope that he doesn't come out on top again because he's dominant in a smaller part of the, of the this global sphere that we're looking at. So yeah, good for you, AC Mac. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And I really feel like that, that IWTV 
world title win early in the year opened up the country to him because he did end mm-hmm. up he won titles all over the place he won multiple titles up in, in the midwest with ohio wrestling alliance and unchanged pro um he traveled all over the country to to defend the iwtv belt people in california got their first taste of ac mac people in the in the northeast got their first taste of ac mac a bit and um this all the people in Texas, like he defended the belt in Texas and in the Midwest, like he he that opened up so many doors for him to to expand into those areas. But he expanded into those areas with the message of Southeast first, with the message of putting Georgia and the visibility of that entire region um, on his back in, in that way. I'm just looking at this list. I just re- returned to the list and like look through the top twenty, and. It blows me away that my real introduction into the broader world of professional wrestling outside of California, my home base, um, came a year and a half ago when we were all in Tampa for WrestleMania, the collective weekend down there. And six of the top 20 were my roommates. We, we all shared, you know, what I mean? <laughs> so talk about like jumping in, like right into the boiling water. So uh, it just makes me amazingly proud of these people that I met that welcomed me so warmly that I I already knew of them as stars and um, big names, especially in our community at that time, to watch them go in a year and a half's time to the places that they are. You know, it's it's a very rewarding feeling to know these people on a personal level, to think that they're incredibly, incredibly talented and to see them getting they're just desserts, you know, in terms of recognition on this broader spectrum. No, for sure. And and to that end as well, I think I I would like to personally highlight Maxine Paler at number nine because I feel like what Max did in Japan this year um was amazing to see not just from a story perspective that whole relationship with with Palm Harajuku there in Tokyo Joshi Pro, but the fact that they went over there and they wrestled both both men and women in, in that company they they made history multiple times over you know, whether it be a, being a non-binary wrestler being a trans mask wrestler um over there and like it just goes to show that there are even even in countries where like we don't see a lot of like publicly visible representation you know like the only japanese wrestler on the list is Finny, but there are companies over there that are open to having these these stars come in and we're and it's becoming a more global uh ex- level of acceptance in, in a way at least in terms of a pro wrestling world <laughs> and, and it's not done yet for max i you know i oh, no. at the recent nwa tv tapings max and i um uh, max by the way is one of my favorite people to hang around with i i just love max and they and I were sharing like a, a like a dressing room. You know, we're we're both messy. We're a lot of makeup, a lot of messy, and um, we were sharing a dressing room. And just the day before we record, we're recording this. So um, yesterday, texted Max and said, "Who are you impaling next?" And their answer was, "All of Japan." They're getting ready to go back to Japan in the new year. So uh, I'm expecting all of Japan will be impaled by Max soon. Yeah, they're bringing Heidi with them this yeah. time so <laughs> nice. hell yes. yeah it's awesome um so i'm curious to to get 
your thoughts, like we can talk about top 20 or just anybody that really like kind of stood out to you in particular from, from the list this year, whether like, whether it be like someone that you might've disagreed with the ranking or someone that just kind of popped out at, at you in terms of like looking at the entries and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm curious to hear who, who kind of popped out to y'all. I'll go to Polio first on this one. Well, for me, I, the one that I, when I got this list, I, the one I scanned for, was Anton Voorhees because Anton, you know, as well as many of the listeners probably do that Anton is one of my clients. I manage Anton as part of our, of the agenda here in Underground Wrestling Alliance in Northern, Northern California. And Anton has always been like the forgotten child for the year and a half that we've been doing this. You know, big, I said, it's not easy having a big sister like Dark Sheik, who's a global superstar and two rambunctious little brothers like Marco and Fab, who are like the tag team of our group. So for me, it was so exciting to see Anton get listed at 42, number 42. And what a, like, you know, that's like a debut with a bullet, right? 42. And Anton, if for those who've gotten to see him wrestle, is immensely, immensely talented. And it, as a friend, as somebody who is a colleague, obviously as his manager, it makes me very excited to see that hopefully um, he will not be the overlooked child going forward. People will, will get to notice him and keep an eye out for him because his work is incredible. Sweet, long pause. Hey, sorry, Brian. I, I forgot. Okay. I forgot. I was supposed to like. I forgot. I was supposed to like take the torch. Like, oh my god, yeah, my turn. My turn. This is how we do it. Um, yeah, I, I need to. I need to go and and start scanning and looking more at the the list as a whole. But just uh, before before I do that, just uh, re refocusing very briefly on this top twenty. Um, I, I need people to know how insanely competitive this top 20 is. There are some names, um, multifaceted yeah. talent too. Um, one thing that I, I have to note is that four of these 20 athletes also work in some capacity as promoters and have all done shows this year. Um, that's, that is what I do. I do the least glamorous parts of that, that realm, however. Um, and it's, it's an, it's an enormous amount of work. I cannot imagine um, having to keep myself tight as a wrestler while also promoting shows. So, you know, snaps all around for that. Um, and then eight of the 12 names, I'll just go through briefly, are all folks who at some point this year, if not multiple times, have wrestled in Washington, D.C. Um, this, it's it's huge for me because, you know, when, when I started with find, founding Primetime Pro, almost five years ago, uh, it, that just wasn't something that existed in DC. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly am not holding up the house now. There's such an incredible amount of promoting talent coming directly out of that area, but it does feel like a, a baby that I birthed. So I labored for DC. And uh, so the, the eight athletes who have worked in DC who made the list would be AC Mack, which, you know, duh, obvious, incredible. Edith Surreal, and uh, you know she's she's had this ongoing feud with who is also included, Killian McMurphy. Uh, you're gonna get me in trouble with Billy because let's see, where is Billy and where is Killian again? Let's... <laughs> yeah, they're right next Ooh. to each other. Killian uh, eleven, yeah. Billy twelve. 
Yeah, that's going to make my next two months a lot more stressful. So personal, I, thank you for that. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, I, I don't remember, because Erica was not able to wrestle at our last show, but she's a huge presence in D.C. So yeah, duh, she counts. Um, MV Young, who is also killing it with all of this like super weird punk rock DIY. My cat is trying to eat ramen noodles right now. Um, <laughs> but he's doing all I'm of his so cool... <laughs> I am very jealous of your cat. Like, stop. Like, he, he likes the sound it makes. Anyways, I digress. Um, uh, but M- all the weird, cool punk rock shit that MV is doing in Pittsburgh is so awesome. I wish I could make it there, too. Um, Allie's going to be debuting at Braumatica on February 19th. And then, of course, Jordan Blade, who, you know, with Jordan, I, I want to argue that she should be higher up in the list, but I admittedly have not watched half as much wrestling as you have this year, Brian, and actually neither of you, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty singular-minded in, in how I have to review the people that I want to book. Um, but, yeah, so it's, I don't know. I, I'm, it, it's really, really, I feel very lucky to be running the brunt of my shows um, oh, and Trisha Dora, how could I, I'm, I'm very silly for leaving her out, the undisputed queen of DC right now. Um, but it's awesome to see a place where there was no wrestling five years ago to suddenly be one of the hotbeds for queer wrestling in the United States. Um, I think that between Hood Slam, I think that everything that Enjoy does, obviously, and the fact that GCW has been pushing so many more queer athletes to the start, to the front, there are way more, you know, uh, queer-based promotions than than there used to be. But I think there's a lot of activity happening in those specific areas. And I just feel really fortunate to to be in the middle of some of it. Let me tell you, the, that 20 through 11 was probably harder to place people. I'll, I'll even go as far as 21 with Devon Monroe at 21. Like that 21 mm-hmm. through 11 was the hardest to figure out exactly where to put people. Because in many ways, like Jordan has had such an extent an outstanding year but so has ali so has has mv and i feel like the most controversial thing gonna coming out of this is that billy is ranked at 12th this year like, mm-hmm. that is, like because billy you know pride and vibe weekend was such a huge deal the first of first event of its kind could dedicate an entire weekend to to the community and pro wrestling in the way that it has pro wrestling vibe has become such a major part of this lgbtq pro wrestling movement that we've seen uh and then of course just the matches that billy had this year the mat the match with hoodfoot the match with darius his his, his comeback later in the year with with jcw and the match with sunny kiss and uncanny like billy has turned in like multiple match of the year contenders but and and at the same time, like the, it just got so so stiff with with trying to figure out where to put people. And I, Billy, don't hate me, but like it's just one of those things where like that's just how things felt this year. It was so Nobody so told hard. Him to retire in the summer. Yeah, it's it. about the retirement. This summer? <laughs> I, I mean, come on now. How is he going to blame you when when he announced a retirement? Sorry. Nobody is more annoyed. Nobody could possibly be more annoyed with Billy Dixon 
fucking retiring and then unretiring himself without like a baby could not even have been conceived and born in the time frame in which this this man left and came back damn it billiam dixon yeah no i i had a uh, i had an editor from a different publication a non-wrestling publication that i write for who's very into wrestling and he said hey like what do you think of all this billy stuff do you think he really retired and my response was like i, I think he thinks he retired <laughs> yeah but uh, no, it, there's there's no surprise when he came roaring back. So you know, I'm I'm sure it's going to be a little bit of of salt in the wound that maybe this all could have been prevented, William. It all could have been prevented. I never ever believed it, Low. When like when it when it was like this is my retirement, I was like, sure it is, sure it is. Like, come on now, like like just take a just take a break. Be like, I'm burnt out. I need a couple like a month or two. Like you know whatever. But, um, you know, yeah, I did not, I did not believe that a very able-bodied 26-year-old competitor like Billy Dixon was retiring. This man almost went to fucking war with the Washington, D.C. Wrestling Commission. So there was a minute where I was like, oh, shit, like, did they, did they send like a, like a hit guy after him or something? They're like, we're going to retire you for good. Like, I don't know. I, what a chaotic move, my guy. Four months. Jesus on a biscuit. Anyways, so yeah, that that top twenty is nuts. But, whew, all right, continuing on. We've hit the part of the afternoon where I just start get, getting completely blasted on legal substances. So here we are. <laughs> okay. <Whew. Yeah. sighs> all right. I you know one of the things I would say is that, um, I think that some people will be surprised that individuals like a Tony Storm or a Mercedes Martinez who were very open, you know, who are very open about their identities and working for an extremely large company like either Ring of Honor or AEW, and we know that they're folded together, um, did not place more, like, more prominently. Um, yeah. That, that is something that I do think that, you know, it, it can at times, like, be a negative impact uh, for somebody to be part of a larger type of company because they're only having that extensive impact basically by the viewers of what their product is versus other mo almost everybody else on this list who have that journeyman professional wrestling lifestyle where we're traveling all over going to different places not at the behest of a singular you know uh, individual paying the bills yeah, and it's like it's a question also of how they're used in said company too, because like there are four, I believe, and I'm just recalling this off the top of my head, there are four wrestlers from WWE on this list. The highest ranking one is Shayna Baszler at 81 mm -hmm. because of how they are used. Now, granted, like Quincy Elliott in NXT, uh, outstanding debut, amazing presence, but and just getting that journey started, but like Sonya Deville and uh and and Dewdrop and Shayna you know out of the, out of the four there Shayna's the only one that competed at WrestleMania in in the women's tag team title match and she's the only one that has really gotten a, a I would say a major major push in a way but even that push you know resulted in like one women's title match on a pay-per-view that clash at the castle so it's it's it, it 
being in these larger, more prominent televised promotions is an amazing thing, but it's also how that company views you and how that company uses you. And I know that that is not in the wrestler's control at all. And it sucks. It really sucks that 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 has to something that's out of your control influences your placement on something like this. But that's well, just I mean, that's you, how it you goes. That same argument for Sunny Kiss. I was surprised. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm consistently surprised how prominently Sunny places when people associate him with AEW and AEW absolutely refuses to do much at all with Sunny. And it, mm-hmm. it's, I think we had this conversation potentially even last year where I was like, I'm shocked that Sunny is placed so prominently and not because I don't think Sunny is talented, not because I don't think Sunny has incredible potential, not because of any reason other than the fact that Sonny is working for a company that does not openly appear to have or place significant value on their abilities. And I'm not going to lie, Sonny got into the top 20 because she went on the indie run of, an ages, of the ages this year. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere she went outside of AEW, she delivered a match of the night, if not match of the year caliber performance. She elevated so many talents, both queer and non-queer, wherever she went. And she did it all over North America. And and as I wrote in, in the entry there, like basically anybody she stepped into the ring with in the in, on the independence this year delivered one of, if not the best matches of that person's year by being in the ring with Sunny Kiss. Like Sunny, it, it we can we can continue to clamor about Sunny being featured on, on AEW television. Um and, and we rightfully should because Sunny belongs in that spot. But to see that you know Sunny is still has the drive to go out there and prove why is, is mm-hmm. amazing to see. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. 
Sun Like the Star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. I think when we look at those big le- big leagues like the WWE and AEW, um, I don't think uh, I think we we can all agree that neither are particularly queer friendly places to work in the first place. Um, but if there is a trend, if if there is a bit of a stark difference between the two, I when, when I look at the names who are featured from AEW, cause, you know, I'm, I'm scanning. I'm like, oh, there's there's Nyla in a lower spot than I honestly thought she would be at. Um, but but I digress. Like it's folks are seem to be able to to be a little bit more authentic um in in terms of when we see sunny go out into the ring people know what they're about you know there is no guesswork there's no like oh maybe bisexual who knows like ooh that's kind of gender bendy like it's fucking straight up and i love it so um yeah i mean neither places are queer friendly but i i do appreciate if if we're, we're getting our crumbs that AEW not only seems to let people perform as themselves a little bit more authentically, but that people are able to have those indie runs, like you said, that they have that freedom. And in addition to that, I would say that AEW certainly seems far less controlling of people's social media content. So that even if they cannot get to fully be who we know they are on a television broadcast in terms of their actual direct interactions with their audiences we know you know what i mean we know who nyla is we know who nyla is we know who nyla's married to we know that we know who sunny is we know who sunny's what sunny's identity is and um there is none of that desire to control that element of the person's public perception so with that, we get that extension or broadening of impact socially and societally that we are talking about will move somebody up something like this QWI. Definitely, definitely on point there. Um, real quick, I, I want to talk kind of internationally a little bit because the one thing I really like, the one thing I take a lot of joy in when putting this list together is highlighting so many of the non-North American talent um, that that makes this list as well. Um, it, last year we had a number of, of European wrestlers. We had one wrestler from South America. We had you know one wrestler from Japan, and multiple people from from Canada and, and Mexico on the list. And that continued again this year. You know, we actually had an increase. We had two wrestlers from South America make the list this year, in uh, Davina and Jan Carlor. Uh, making his second appearance there, and then a number of talents from from the UK and and France and um, just all over the place. Like, were there anybody? Was there anybody from the the, the international scene that that stood out to you in terms of uh, not maybe maybe not necessarily in terms of ranking, but just in terms of like their presence on the list? Well, I'm woefully remiss in being cognizant of what's happening outside certain uh, realms of the wrestling world. So I'm personally very thankful for lists of this nature because I specifically went through every single entry on this and clicked on their pictures or their social media just to learn a little bit more about them. And, you know, we are 
um, if, if you don't have access, even though the, I'm not making an excuse because the internet exists, right? But if I'm not, if something's not on my radar, I can't become aware of it at any point. So just making me aware of names or beginning to look for talent that's outside of my normal realm of existence is helpful to me. And I think that it's really beneficial because it can pull our global community a little closer. We can get to support some of those people um, in any capacity, whether that's just simply following them on social media or interacting with them or looking for their work. And I'm imagining in places like uh, South America or even uh, parts of the, you know, Canada where maybe people are a little more rural or what have you. I know what it's like for me to have support close to home or people who are cheering me on. And I hope that we can do that for these people who are outside of the, the individuals that we normally watch. Yeah, I'm going to echo your point that, I mean, we're, we're very lucky that there is so much wrestling to watch now, right? But there were a lot of names that were unfamiliar. And it is also, it, it, granted, it can be challenging to find wrestling from different parts of the world where, you know, we're pretty fortunate that you can just pop on IWTV and so many American promotions have access to this like super streamlined network that doesn't cost too much money and it's all right there, right? So you do have to seek out stuff that uh, that isn't really hand delivered to you. And I am used to things being hand delivered to me sometimes, I'll admit it. Um, but one name that really popped out at me because he just did in general this year, um, Carlos Romo, super just, ah, uh, man. Um, he, I, and I bring him up because Carlos was a last minute addition to um, what was Palm House Pro a, a month ago up here in, in Evanston, Illinois, but is now being absorbed by Pro Wrestling Vibe. Um, but he was a last minute addition because I got a message from uh, from some folks from a marvelous Matt Nix act, actually out of freelance. He's like, hey, uh, Carlos is here for the weekend. He's staying with me. Do you think he can wrestle on Sunday? I'm like, fuck yeah, absolutely. Right? Like... <laughs> No, no doubt about it. So I did not think I was going to have the opportunity to see him live this year. And I was not as familiar with his work as I, as I wanted to be, but um, he was, he competed in the very first ever professional wrestling match to ever happen in Evanston, Illinois, which uh, is the home of prohibition. Uh, so it's a pretty old fashioned sort of Beaumont part of Chicagoland. Um, and he was the, the first person who ever came out as like a genuine heel too. Um, he was in a, a fatal four way and I was just, so impressed with his work that all I'm thinking now is, is how to get him stateside again. Like, how do we all pull our resources together to keep him coming back and taking those planes and, you know, messing with the ozone layer as much as possible? I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, one of the things you're, you're asking about that, you know, finding international talent on this list, the thing that we talked about briefly before we even started recording is that I'm consistently shocked that you are able to keep tabs on who is what in the world of LGBTQ plus um, representation because um, I saw the list uh, on Monday and it had, uh, or no, I guess maybe it was Tuesday. I saw it and it has Rolando Freeman from the National Wrestling Alliance who I've worked with for almost, I have actually been there since his debut with the company and had no idea that my little cupcake is LGBTQIA. So um, yeah, I, like, I don't know how you keep tabs on people. 
I feel like part of the appeal of the QWI list is everybody running to read it, but it, it has that layer of like, when you audition for the school play and you want to see who got what part, right? It's like, ooh, who's gay this year? Or at least, <laughs> right? Like, ooh, is my crush on the list? Can I get some confirmation? So yeah, I'd be remiss if there weren't a couple where I was just like, no way. Okay, cool. Man, you just got way cooler in my book. What can I say? I'm a little biased towards the queers. Was there anybody specific that stood out there? Ah, actually, uh, come back to me because there okay, was Okay, okay. Sorry, point you were about that, to say something. Well, 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 Rolando was my, you know, like Rolando is um the thing about Rolando, and I'm like, I'm kind of hung up on this because I just didn't know. I were, you know, I always I always assume people are heterosexual unless they otherwise state that. Um, not necessarily because I believe that when they tell me, but because of the fact that I don't want to offend somebody by just assuming, right? So, but with Rolando, Rolando is just like the sweetest, nicest uh, guy. He plays his character in NWA so hilariously and so brilliantly. And I describe him for people who are not necessarily uh, up to date on Rolando Freeman or what's even going on with the National Wrestling Alliance. Rolando plays the big brother of a guy who is like twice his size. And and he is, the way I describe the character is like Scrappy-Doo from Scooby-Doo, who's like, like, you know, constantly like, let's fight, let's fight. And people are just like holding his forehead and he can't reach them, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I, it doesn't matter to me one way or another that he's LGBTQIA somewhere on the spectrum um, because he's just very good at what he does. And he got two big victories this year over Matt Cardona on some of our major broadcasts and major events this year in the NWA. And the, the audience at NWA, I think, is very torn. They love him in the best possible way or they hate him in the best possible way. You know, meaning like they don't hate him as a person. They hate the character or they love the character which is good and if you actually know the guy he's just all around lovable see i'm i'm so different from you because i just assume everybody's gay like i'm just constantly <laughs> surrounded like the one of the biggest and i tell him this all the time because i'm like you're his words he's appropriating bisexual culture fucking eel o'neill come on man like i remember booking him specifically at one point, because I was like, shit, well, oh, man, we got to put a cool bisexual who wears glasses somewhere. And, you know, he's got the bisexual glasses, those really thin little frames. So I made my assumptions. But, Wait yeah. a minute. He's not? I know. Wait a minute. <laughs> Even though he wears those little, and he, he, he doesn't just wear overalls. He wears little corduroy overalls. All right? Oh, that's shit. He, that's, okay, it's living either bisexual or they, he. One Wait one damn minute. Eel O'Neill is not. Oh my God. I gave, I just, I was like, I knew that he was dating somebody who is a gorgeous woman. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just maybe he had like swung that way and stayed. <laughs> How dare you? How very dare you, Eel O'Neill? You knew I was crushing because I was complimenting how cute you were. And then you, he played me online too because he said he was only 21. And I thought I thought I'd narrowly misstepped like some landmine of being called like a predator or something. Oh my God. I am aghast. I wouldn't, I would. You're so canceled. Would... You're canceled, Eel O'Neill. 
I would assume that this would get us in trouble if it was not for the fact that Eel O'Neill hails from the Grapital region, which is hands down the most fucking problematic circle of, of queers in wrestling. Sorry, just with the goons, with Killian, like, Eel can take it. He can take it. Maybe Twitter won't, but I'm, I left Twitter, so they can suck an egg. <laughs> I'm, I'm just horrified. I'm absolutely horrified. It's fucked up. I was really mad because I was going through my Insta stories the other day and he was wearing the same fucking outfit as me. Anyways. Oh my uh, God. So, so he's not bisexual. He's a lesbian. Aren't we all? Now Eel O'Neill is a lesbian. Now, no wonder he's with a woman. Okay. Okay. You're, you're back in my good graces, Eel. <laughs> I love lesbians. I hate fake bisexuals. <laughs> Bader. Oh damn it. Oh god. I can I just say I love that I'm getting the chance to sit down with both of y'all again. I'm just I'm just enjoying the, this conversation. It's just, just so you, uh, good. yeah, no, it's uh I was gonna say something profound, but I completely fucking lost it. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry guys. You're fully legal recreational adult substances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, really checking all the boxes on a on a on a fun Tuesday off. Ugh. <laughs> when does outs when does like outsports the family get its own just like mean gay podcast? You know, just we're not allowed to be mean gays. Even drag queens aren't allowed to be mean anymore. we we have to be like gay Muppets. <laughs> which is like it's an oxymoron i know gay muppets but like hands up your ass yeah <laughs> we're not we're not allowed to be that anymore but i mean which is fine because i'm sweet and nice Ding. That, um, uh, you know I, I was going through the list again too i keep on harking back to like the top 50 or whatever but it is a very heel heavy year which is refreshing and it's very very happy because i've often lamented in both the, the writing that i do and just when someone gives me a microphone like this um i think that mean gayness is very important it's part of our fucking culture so um, seeing so many heels on this list who are not afraid to maybe elicit some booze from a crowd that is supposed to be like the most accepting, tolerant crowd of all crowds that have ever crowded. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool. Like it's, I, I, I appreciate some, some meanies and there are certainly some meanies on this list like Killian. Yeah, no. <laughs> and AC Mack, I mean, come on. Yep. We'll start, right, start right there. Right, I would say start right at the top, but sometimes I question AC Mac. Is he a top? <laughs> oh my god! Talk about a meaning. How dare I? How dare I question his masculinity? Oh, there you we know, go. I the poop shit or what? <laughs> yeah, we got O'Shea Edwards, big and mean. We got Mr. Grimm, mm -hmm. pretty mean, but also a real sweetie. Shh. But yeah, fuck you, O'Shea Edwards. <laughs> yeah, that's still that's still happening. Dude, Billy told me he's bringing him in and in February, and I'm like, well, when does his license to wrestle in DC expire? Like, how much do I have to pay the commission to not renew it? <laughs> Y'all will never see eye to eye, will you? I, no, literally, he's a lot bigger than me, a lot oh. taller than me, so we will not see eye to eye. You're right. That's true. He's a lot bigger than a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Mm. I'm really excited um, too, because you know, I do a lot of my work with the Underground Wrestling Alliance here 
in, in Northern California and San Francisco area. And um, we're actually about to bring MV um, Young in to start. I know he's gonna be with us in February, mid-February, late February for a show. And I'm optimistic that I think that he will fit in so well with Agua and what we present there. Like, I mean, you know, we've got the agenda. Um, we've got Jay Vidal comes in. On, he's part of my, the agenda, actually. He's just sort of, he is like truly the forgotten child of the agenda because he moved away. Um, but MV is going to be like, I, I just would love to see him kind of like lock horns with some of the, the big boys and girls that we have there. West Coast loves loves some MV Young, you know, for a while there when he was coming out more regularly for prestige, like Oregon and California were all in on, on some MV Young. So I would I would definitely love to see him back on the West Coast more regularly as well. And you bring up Agua, Sandra Moon, the current Agua champion, coming in number 20, is another outstanding talent from, from the West Coast here. Um, okay, let's let's getting close to the end here but let's get spicy real quick mm. let me okay this is your chance throw it at me what ranking did you feel like uh you disagreed with the most Ooh, give me a second with that one yeah that i overall i will say that um to me the top 20 is um pretty significant now of course you're not going to get either one of us to be like i think so and so should have been far lower uh, <laughs> yeah. and there are friends and yeah this, this isn't no that way. kind of question <laughs> um you know I, I would say that one of the people that i could definitely have seen at a higher ranking number 24 alex kane alex has had a tremendous year fred rosser uh, at 25 i think that there was a time perhaps when fred just because of his level of visibility would have been expected to be higher, but his work with New Japan and the things that he's doing there in terms of really redefining who he is in the world, I think that could have argued um, to make him a higher uh, ranking on this. It's hard for me to see my Jay Vidal drop, you know, in the rankings. So those are some people that to me, especially since Jay just became the first out person ever to sign to Impact Wrestling, you know, that to me, could be a great sign of things to come. I don't have any strong feelings about anybody, but I think that one decision that is going to elicit strong feelings, maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I can't really take the temperature on how Twitter is these days, but uh, Kid Bandit at 29. Mm. Um, I think that for a wrestler who is very online and gets a lot, is, is very, very good at giving themselves a lot of exposure. Um, it, like, at least the, the, they, they give off the impression that they had a year that was much bigger than putting them at 29. So um, I'm curious from a, from a, from a fucking sick minded sociological little bridge troll nasty fucker you know I'm, I'm excited to just be like all right let's see how the community reacts to this one because oh man what a what a petri dish my god so yeah that i think uh i think i think kid bandit at 29 might get you some heat i would agree with that wholeheartedly i think that um kid bandit has fostered a community of support that um rallies behind anything that's even perceived as an injustice to them. And so for the people who 
um, want to rush to that. And it's a very, very explicitly online community of people. I mean, it, it definitely exists. I've seen it at signings and live events, um, meet and greets, things of that nature. It, it translates extremely well, but I certainly think that there's an even larger component of that online. So I would not doubt that that's going to be the, uh, a, for every one person that says, what about Kenny Omega? There's going to be a hundred people. This <laughs> I'm prepared for the flood that is coming yeah, on, I, on Twitter. So, uh, so I mean, I'm hoping that you built your arc, dear. Two by two. Uh, that's uh yeah this is gonna be it's it's it certainly is a trip but yeah what a what a just online cesspool all around it's not good for anybody it's not good for anybody it's unhealthy for everybody so i do hope that any baby queer who is furiously making like a 12 tweet thread right now about how the three of us are enabling something something i, I hope they're able to just pause for just pause for a minute and take a deep breath and genuinely go take care of yourself, child, please. If you made it this far in listening to this podcast, geez. I do want to give a shout out to to our boys um, from MSP, Agro and Danger Kid. You know, mm -hmm. respect had an opportunity to face them, albeit um, not as extensively or as in-depth as I would have liked in the tag team gantlet at, at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And I do know that for Marco and Fab, MSP, um, Agro and Danger Kid are two individuals that they really want to, to lock up with and, and test the waters for all of the talent on for all four of those individuals in the coming year. So I was very happy to see them. And they're just great, they're just great kids. And so I was really happy to see them um, ranked at 34 and 35 as well. Yeah, I think MSP, that was like my biggest bummer from going to Pride and Vibe weekend this year and not getting to meet them i think that was like the the, the two people that stood out as like damn i didn't get a chance to, to to meet them and so i agree with that that spotlight for sure they're just um, they're just great kids yeah one uh there there's definitely there was one person who sticks out in my mind just because i'm very very familiar with his work um that i was surprised i was surprised to see andy ripley but not irving west make the list this year so one of the factors that goes into me compiling this is um i i don't want to assume someone's sexuality i don't want to assume someone's identity and i was not as happens every year that i do this list i was not aware that that irv was queer um and that you know that's on me and i'm glad that i had a like in the the entry that had Andy on it I'm glad that I was able to get a, a photo of both members of creeps for that mm -hmm. to be like the, yeah, the, uh, the awesome. header there because I'm I that gives Irv a little bit of a shout out and makes up for a little bit of my ignorance so um, <laughs> so oh, yeah so Mr. Sister susses out everybody else but not this one mm. <laughs> Yo, we, we don't all bat a thousand all right I um I I give away no secrets so I won't tell you the answer but I when when both of them when Creeps was here in Chicago for Palm House uh, we were we were out to dinner and I, I I was like you guys you you both have to tell me you guys are like the fucking white stripes in 
indie punk rock wrestling right now. We don't know if you're dating, if you're best friends, or if you're like fraternal twins. We have no fucking clue. Um, so I give away no answers, but he's at least canonically, many, many of the main trans mass community has just voted him as honorary trans masculine because he's, he's just a little guy. Yes. He's just a just, he's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. He's like our number one fan. If there's <laughs> if there's a trans dude, there's like Herb like trying to like put us on his shoulders underneath. So there we go. Ultimate sin for the trans masculine community. We fucking love to see it. <laughs> yes. And actually, real quick, uh, going back to international talent, one place I didn't mention that had people um on those last year, this year's list, Australia, and that that in terms of like talking about trans mask, Casey Johns is a, a big name out there, you know, and on his, his gender affirming journey. And it's amazing to see him becoming uh, like the first trans mask champion in the history of Australian wrestling was amazing. And of course, Charlie Evans, because mm -hmm. Charlie Evans has just been killing it all over mm -hmm. the world uh, this year too. So, but yeah, no, like, yeah, there's always someone, and this is just something I've come to accept. There's always someone that I'm not aware of, uh, whenever I do the list. So, like Irv, you're on my, you're on my master list now. So don't worry. <laughs> He's got like a wee little mustache. Come on, jeez, <laughs> uh, it's just a little mustache on a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in fairness. Half of the Italian women that I know over the age of 60 have a mustache too. So that doesn't, you know. There you go. There you know. we go. Now let's turn this to a, a different question altogether. When are these QWI awards coming out, Brian? Okay. I mean, certain of us who are nominated. Both of you are nominated. I know. Actually. So, yeah, so the QWI awards, the fan voted awards, they'll be coming out the day after this podcast drops, so Friday. Um, so y'all don't have to wait too much longer to find out who, who won those. And obviously all of this got thrown out of whack because they got COVID. So the like, audacity of it all. Yeah. So, we, but it's all right. We're getting everything crammed in before Christmas so everybody can be done with wrestling for the holidays <laughs> i'm never done I, yeah like, that's the yeah neither am i so. <laughs> yeah i definitely have like like a real fucking psychopathic mentality right now because i went from being like "Ooh, i should politic because i'd like to win an award to being like no i have not worked hard enough i need to try harder like i just became a marine out of nowhere like a yeah, gay well, little marine because i, I like <laughs> I was like, y'all can vote for me and you can make me win and I'm going to post reminders and, you know, I got some flack. I was not going to try to win against you. But <laughs> the, I mean, the, the one good thing is the, the award we were nominated for is like under my incognito name. So people were not like, you know, expecting that. But um, for me, I, I got some flack for it online. People were like, well, if you have to campaign for it, I'm like, how do people win Oscars? Exactly. I said, Brian, a said, I said, you know, in Hollywood, they're like people, I guess that they just think that this shit happens, but like there's entire teams of people who nominate and campaign to get people Oscar nominations, Grammy nominations, Golden Globe nominations. And we don't have a team like that. So I'm like, of course, I'm going to, if I have the opportunity to tell my following, support me. I mean, it's their award to give a 
You know what I mean? It's the public's award to give to us. I think uh, politicking is, is, I love it. It's, it's, it, I really love, I don't, I don't love to do it. So I guess what I'm saying here is I'm, I'm not going to try to politic against you, but would you like me to sabotage anybody else? Like, would that, <laughs> would that be of interest to you? You know, like maybe like two years from now, I could get like a little leg up and then on, you know, in, in a different race, like we're not competing in, but if you need me to Nancy Kerrigan, somebody like I'm open to it. I love that. And I actually told Brian that I, I got some flack from somebody. I was like, you know what? I don't want to upset your apple cart. I'm not going to campaign for you then. I'll campaign for <laughs> other people. If you don't want my, if you don't like campaigning, I'm not campaigning for you. Campaign for yourself or don't. Damn. Not my problem. The entirety of the pro wrestling world is based on self-promotion. Come on. Exactly. Absolutely. Do you think? Absolutely. I, um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I have something I like, ooh, we're getting mean, mean, shoot, shoot. But uh, when when the nominee list came out, I thought it was really funny. There were a couple people who were like, oh, so-and-so got left off and stiffed. I was like, you motherfuckers are the one who decide who get This was up to us. You could have submitted anybody. Yeah. Politic better politic better boom it's that easy so mm. i could have politicked better then i could have been up for i don't know something else i don't remember all the categories well <laughs> <laughs> most stoned promoter of the year there we go oh that would be a tough competition oh honey that, you're not gonna win that one you're not gonna win that one have reasonable <laughs> expectations every promoter i know is like literally powered by weed they're like oh. i know I know, and I'm ready. I'm ready to throw my hat in that ring. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, the smoke circle at Cascadia was big. Oh, yeah, but you guys are, it's the fucking Pacific Northwest. It is, you could exist in a cloud. Like you, you're in a hot box just automatically in any room you're in. So come on. Uh, I mean, the well, yeah, I mean, there's like, literally, there's a pot store on the corner of my street. So, yeah. <laughs> See, like if you guys didn't have a certain like base level amount in the bloodstream at all times, you'd start like like getting no like weird nosebleeds and other nefarious things. So yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I say as I just <laughs> with the uh, mute button on. Sorry. Right. I'm popping pop Eddie right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had two energy drinks and I'm about to piss myself. Let's wrap this up. No worries. <laughs> we're we're so definitely high getting... and I'm about to wet myself right here on wet my snuggle. Well, I'm like, I'm hungry. Yes. Mm. To wrap things up here, just final thoughts from, from both y'all about the list. Anything else that y'all might want to say about it or anything else? Uh, any other feelings regarding it? I think. When did you. Oh, you go. Oh, you go first. No, you go first. No, no you. I, okay, I, I, okay, I, okay. I really jumped in because you were like looking <laughs> contemplative. I was like, okay, I like. <laughs> what year did you start doing these how is this the second or the third or the fourth one so this is the fourth year and it's grown and, and changed a lot because like the first year it was just on the podcast and it was the top 20 it was like the qwi 25 and then okay. the next year it was the 100 that was unranked and okay. then the next year was the first 200 ranked and this is the second 200 ranked I see. So what you're saying is that the very first time you did the QWI, it was not enough for you to put me on the list for my one wrestling match that I had all year <laughs> that I not only won, but then I banished my opponent 
to the dark place forever where he's in like weird predator hell. That wasn't mm-hmm. enough. That's called keeping the community safe, Brian. That's what that's called. <laughs> I, 26 I, are fucking bust. I'm not settling for anything, for anything off, off that far off the map. All right. Oh, I, I commend you for your duty. Thank you. Thank and, you. That's and, a 100% success rate. 100% success rate. You, you can, know, you can be the official 101 of 2020. <laughs> I thought you said it was only 26 to start. Well, in 25. 20, in 2019, it was 25. In 2020, it was a, the the first 100 that was unranked. Oh, okay, that's yeah. not enough for me. I, I want you to take somebody off and put me on. <laughs> I want someone to be removed. I want someone to be removed. 100% success rate. Beautifully mm-hmm. done killed a pedophile you know basically that's basically what happened it's the same mm-hmm. thing i'll mm-hmm. i'll t- i'll take a peek I'll, I'll give you that much i'll take a peek <laughs> this is we're getting a little inside baseball which i think is is kind of an annoying quality that i have but i'm referring to uh butch versus gore that uh primetime pro did in march 2020 like three days before everything shut down and the world ended forever yeah um I pinned with the assistance of Billy Dixon, Mark Allen Haggerty, and then he got canceled like a week and a half later. It was wild. And then there was I, fucking COVID. So much happened. Mm-hmm. I remember that night. Oh, it's called queer history. Janet <laughs> came into the dark place and brought a plague upon us. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Another another finger curls around the monkey's paw. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, oh, fun. Oh, we're having yes. fun. Very. So right. my, my thought on this, in, like for our closing, really is the fact that, you know, I, I do believe that people within the community, the wrestling community and the fandom recognize what an undertaking this kind of a, a list is for you or for yes. whether it's from Pro Wrestling Illustrated to Righteous Regis, you know, you know BWI or this particular project is such an undertaking and i hope that people are cognizant of that the fact that this is obviously a labor of love you know this is a labor of love for professional wrestling and a love letter to the queer community at at broad because Mm -hmm. you know if if they do not understand that and not everyone will unfortunately you are going to get those damn you know you're you're always going to get the responses you know, my our buddy Cal, Kevin McElvaney at Pro Wrestling Illustrated got like just short of you know death threats from the, from the 500. So um, I hope that you won't get anything. But it's a situation where um, you know just a few short years ago there wasn't something like this to acknowledge our community and to pay tribute to the people and the hard work that many of us you know. And, and I am I really am like on the periphery of that as a personality and whatever, but many of the people that I'm, I consider like very dear friends that I look up to and admire in this, in this space are just doing tremendous work. And if without people like you taking it upon yourself to put countless hours of effort into watching this, ranking it, thinking about it, obsessing over it, and then actually writing it up. That's the part that I can actually relate to the most because I know what it takes to write something and this mm-hmm. is an undertaking that i would not want to write up so um i appreciate the fact that you do that and i appreciate that it shines a light on our community and gives people quite honestly something that i think that 
the actual workers in our industry get really, really excited to see where they're going to be ranked, even if it's just in the mind of like one genderqueer individual in the Pacific Northwest who has a fun outlet, like a podcast and a writing opportunity at Outsports. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, it is it is definitely a labor of love. I always say that. And like it it takes a long time, obviously, but I I do enjoy doing it. And I will say, like having it the pause in the middle of this year, um, because because of me getting ill was one of the most frustrating things in in the world. Um but also like I don't know at the end of the day like none of that matters just to see the reactions from people and and both you know wrestlers and fans and other people around the pro wrestling world and um that's what I I do this for I do I do this for for all of them because lord knows I'm not a clout chaser so um <laughs> <laughs> I'm very bad at it if I am so y'all random question do you think um eating a cough drop will kill my dog uh i don't I, think so. I would, random to the listeners but i'm sitting here with my dog in my lap and he just crawled up here and he's like smelling very mentholated at the moment <laughs> <laughs> my dog's on substances <laughs> yeah maybe get that checked out but yeah we should probably wrap it up so you can like possibly poison control your dog jesus Ugh. but yeah. yeah brian i i know i've been uh Oh man, we've haven't have we all not been so cunty today? But Brian, you really just fucking exemplify uh, what it means to like really work hard in this community. Because again, we know this shit's really difficult. So it's awesome that it ex that it exists. I think it provides a lot of validation for people. I think it's a really good reminder that it pays off to be a an active member of your queer community. That is what I mean when I say that being out is great. Maybe not for everybody, but for, for many people, it is important to have this big community. And I think that this, this list and people seeing their names there, even I, I really hope that it, that it provides a lot of encouragement for folks to uh, either try to get on it, to try to raise their rankings or however they may feel. It's just, uh, it, 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 you, 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 you fucking did it, hell yeah. Well, thank you both for, for the kind words and for joining me on the show today to, to talk about all of this, uh, all of this, all of these words. Jesus Christ, there's so many words. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's that's 22, uh, Q, 2022 QWI 200 in the books. Um, here's to 2023, I guess, uh, and whenever I do this all again next year because oh yeah i love it um uh i guess with that being said y'all uh let everybody know where they can find you online if you want them to find you online <laughs> <laughs> staring at me um i'm not on twitter anymore but if you want to see if i ever come back to twitter my handle is at budweiser gay um but PW Vibe, Pro Wrestling Vibe is one of, it's it's the main promotion that I that I, I create alongside Billy Dixon. Um, I also do a lot of work with Fight Club Pro, so keep an eye on those guys. And uh, yeah, Budweiser Gay, maybe I'll come back, maybe I won't, who knows? Not I. 
I'm on Tumblr under the same handle. Yeah, come to come to Tumblr. It's 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 a wild ride. Anyways, sorry, I'm done. Goodbye. Well, um, I am found on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Poyo Delmar Fans. On Twitter, I am the Glamazon PDM. Um, I used to be able to tell people like I'm verified on Twitter, but now anybody is verified on Twitter apparently. Um, <sighs> And so, yeah, follow me. I would love to connect. I always love to connect with audiences in that way. You can check out my column, of course, on Pro Wrestling Illustrated in, in the latest copy of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, as well as frequently on their online, uh, pwi-online.com. And for those who are concerned, I just Googled, and I don't think my dog's going to die. Hooray! Excellent. Yeah, I forgot to say that, too. I uh, I always undersell it. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> I spout out. I spout off all my my silly little ideas and put my silly little thoughts in PWI. Why? Because Kevin asked me to. I still don't know why. But yeah, my column's called the Lowdown. I did not name it. Isn't that such a name, the Lowdown? <laughs> Kevin was like, "I want to call it the Lowdown." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" He's like, "No." I was like, "All right, shit, call it the Lowdown." Man. <laughs> Ugh. It's like 19, 1982, or I'm in the newsroom just smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I love it. I secretly love it. This is a little show. Awesome. Well, Poyo, Lo, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for, for trusting us to uh, to give you a good show. Seriously, this was really fun. <laughs> oh, my God. And thank you to anybody who lasted 90 minutes listening to this show. <laughs> I, I hope there will be edits. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I do edit the show, but it's okay. <laughs> but thanks once again to Polio and Lo for coming on the show and talking about this uh, ginormous labor of love that, that I do every year. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. What else hasn't been said already? Congratulations again to all 200 uh, wrestlers that were featured on the list this year. Congratulations to the 400 plus out pro wrestlers that are out there doing their thing right now. And I look forward to evaluating you again for, for next year's list, as well as the countless others that will inevitably emerge uh, to add to those numbers because every year it keeps going up. And that is probably the greatest thing to come out of doing this list is to keep seeing the numbers come up, you know, uh yeah i really don't know what else to say so i'm going to end it here right now make sure to come back tomorrow on friday because the qwi awards will be announced on this very podcast uh, we have a couple of special guests coming on to chat all about it um <clears throat> of course those are the fan voted awards because i do like giving a voice to the fans of this show and the fans of pro wrestling as well um we all deserve to celebrate our LGBTQ favorites of the year, honestly. That being said, though, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox, especially after the, <laughs> the period that I've had the past few weeks. Do it. Damn it. Um, and uh, yeah, y'all have a, a great holiday. Come back tomorrow. And um, again, congratulations, AC Mac. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the demon so a lover could live. But the moon is out.